Yo, how you doing, man? Okay. What do you go by, Bam? Yeah, Bam. Nice. Is that your name or short for something? That's my name. Amazing. Bam Lionheart is your name? Yeah, I changed it. Uh, my whole name when I was 23. Really? Yeah. How old are you now? 28. Why did you change your name? I uh, started going or I started fighting when I was 15, joined like a martial arts gym. It's really yeah. common to get like a nickname. Um, mm. Basically, I, so I started training when I was freshman high school. Every day I got home from high school, go to the gym. And so from age like 15 to like 22, 23, I was with the same gym and group of guys that gave me the name Bam. And yeah. then, you know, from 15 to 23, and then like learning how to fight, like you can imagine the personal and physical development, emotional yeah. development that I went through, spiritual. I mean, yeah. martial arts covers everything. So yeah. it, it eventually got to the point when most of my friends were from the fighting community or from that gym. And then if people were calling me by my other name, it was either family members or affiliated with like school. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah teachers or maybe work so mm -hmm. it always had this like feeling like that other name was like had authority over it yeah, know, yeah, all yeah my yeah. past you know every time my parents would yell at me so there was yeah, all this yeah, yeah, weird yeah. gravity with that other name but then mm -hmm. the other but bam nothing good good other, vibes yeah yeah good vibes and like i when i showed up in the gym as bam and when people called bam i could feel inside of myself another like I would respond differently when somebody called me mm. Bam versus my other name. Um, and then decided to introduce myself as Bam and, and kind of just was like, it kind of just bled over into my life. And I started to say like, it's weird when other people, I, when I started feeling when people called me my other name, I was like, that's weird. Why'd you call me that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually started to just take over and then, uh, maybe like 20 around 20 years old to like 23 then it would got to that thing where, where people would be like is that your real name I'm like no just a nickname and then they would get really like interested like what, well what is your real name and i'm like my name that i would like you to call me and that i'd yeah, like yeah. to be is bam like it's not a big yeah. deal yeah um, but they're like well what's your real name and i'm like <laughs> i'm like, I'm like you know and then, or at work, I would introduce myself as Bam and everyone here would call me as Bam. And then like legally, like a paper document would come out and they'd be like, who is this? Like, yeah, they'd get confused. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm ready to just kind of do the whole thing. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, well, I know I'm going to change my first name. And I was like, let's just do the whole thing. It's what cool, I man. didn't know, what I didn't know was the effects that that was going to have like legally changing your name and then changing it like on a credit card or like to the bank or anything yeah. is super, super easy. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was like, it took some, some years to be like, it's just, you just wouldn't, things that you wouldn't really feel more on the energetic, uh, personal side of like waking up with a different name and, mm. and having a blank slate was a really yeah. good feeling but also like it, it 
I felt the responsibility like on my shoulders, which is what like, I who want. Is, who I is wanted. Bam? Yeah, who is Who Bam? is the highest Who's version Bam? of Bam? It's yeah. like this permission to almost just ascend at a different level because you left all your, all the personal bullshit and egoic beliefs that hold you back. It's like, okay, that was that guy, but now I'm this person, I'm Bam here. Yes, that's exactly right. It was yeah. a, it was a, I granted myself the permission to just mm. shoot for the highest version of myself. Um, yeah, th there are so and many. It's interesting that when people hear this, like, what? Like, you change your name? To me, it's not that big of a deal. What is interesting is that more people don't know that they can do that or don't allow themselves to either even entertain that <clears throat> idea. Yeah. It's like, well, it's kind of this, the, not the victim mentality, but it's like, well, the card that's in the hands that I was dealt, that's what I got. Mm -hmm. and I can't do yeah. anything about it. Yeah. So yeah. Th these are, this is the lineage. This is who I am. And yeah, I'll just go with that energy. Yeah. And there are so many things like that. They are beliefs that we're given by other people around us in our environment. Um, and the conditioning begins from the day that we're born, really with what we're told and how we are meant to act. And if it's a family surname, oh, the, the Petersons, we act in this way. And, you know, we're this kind of person. If you're not that perfect image, then, you know, you're the outcast. Uh, so there's a lot of internal stuff that can come with that or just like even having an identity at all. Uh, there's so much struggle when people have this identity that they cling to. And then maybe they don't fulfill that identity to, to the standards that they would ideally want to, so they just experience this dissonance because, oh, you're meant to be this epic, uh, let's say, fighter guy, but you're not, you know, performing in this certain way. It's like, because they identify with that, that opens the door to so much mental malaise. And when you realize that none of that is a real thing at all, like your entire identity, <laughs> it's literally just bullshit lies kind of woven together. And like, you think, you know, because of this, because of that, but. Where is that now? In this moment, right now, listen around you. Where is that? It's, it doesn't exist other than this construct in your own mind. And the day you realize you can just go pop and that whole thing breaks down and then you can just act in whatever way in life that you want to. And it doesn't matter what your past was or what you previously have done. It's just like literally the next second, people don't allow themselves to, but the next second past whatever has happened, you can just be like, oh, that's behind me. That's gone. None of that is real. Let's uh, deal with it forward. We can, we do really have at any moment we could choose to be a completely brand new person. Yeah, we do have, we do have that possibility. It, it takes a lot of power and energy to know how to put on the brakes and then just switch it and then stay locked into this new, whatever that you feel called to do. But what's yeah. great about, you know, it's like, man, like, uh, Bam Lionheart. It's people are like, yo, your name is Bam Lionheart. I'm like, yeah, like that's what's up. To me personally, like I said, there's a lot of responsibility. Like when I'm faced with mm. immense decisions or like what I'd like <laughs> to do, I have to ask myself, okay, you know, what does the Lionheart do? Yeah. And and that has like a like okay, there's like great weight and gravity to it. Mm. But then on the other side of it, that I also really enjoyed, like they're like, bro, your name is Lionheart. I'm like, yeah. And they're like. They just know, like, either this dude is like, doesn't give a fuck, <laughs> he is about something else. And it's kind of that whole thing that yeah, yeah, yeah. you could make your last name or your name, like whatever you want. And it brings a uh, levity to it as well. Like, look, I just changed my name because that shit sounded cool. Obviously, there's, probably, <laughs> there's way more intention behind it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when it's people can laugh at it with me 
and it also has this crazy amount of weight and responsibility internally but externally has this great levity of exactly what you're talking about it's so out there that it's like that's not real but it is real so obviously it's actually not it's a, it's just a figment of our whatever yeah like and, there's, and i think people can feel that there's a guy like you you know physiognomy how you're acting now like you can tell you the real deal about trying to be lionheart or being lionheart but there's like yeah. there is definitely a subsect of you know if they change their name to fucking so and so strong man or whatever you know like just try and do that it unless you embody it and again it's about the energy behind it and it'll just seem fake but yeah. you know obviously you're not doing that no and uh i you know it's it's out there and someone asked me uh, recently about it they're they're like what about your kids and they were like laughing like you know they're gonna have to like go through that and i'm like yeah that's like crazy that they're gonna do that and we were laughing that like they're probably gonna do the exact opposite you know i'm i'm kind of out there I'm, I'm i'm very free like i want to tendency to break the rules tendency to to carve my own path like they might be like you're so crazy i want to change my name to like john smith or and just like <laughs> low-key like not yeah. make any waves like i don't know nah, why, you're not why having kids like that, like that man i don't think so no. i was uh saying to them that i do hope that they also go through their own personal transformation and take upon their own name Maybe they do want to hmm. continue on a Lionheart name because they resonate with my um, my life's mission. Yeah, um, your ethos. Uh, my life's yeah, my ethos and Lionheart are very much aligned. But I do hope or would support that you know when they feel like they've kind of settled into that their own ethos that they do change their whole name and take upon this hmm. responsibility that my life is my life and my name is is this instead of. Yeah. This is just what I was well, well, back in the day, obviously, we used to get these heroes, which would, um, you know, like maybe they literally faced a lion and killed it, like in the, to protect their tribe. And then from that day on, they were, you know, Leo the Lionhearted. And that was how you were known in like a community. And, you know, different legends we kind of hear about through history is happened because of this extra level of masculine. Uh, potential and ideals that they embody and I think that's like uh, on the on the note on having kids with this stuff it's like you want to have traditions that you pass on to your kids and raise them through uh, but you also have to realize that every single child that comes into this world is their own person as well and sometimes parents can think because you're my daughter or my son that you should therefore have the right to control them and like decide what they do and that's very very prevalent uh, in in the society that we're in but really that you know that person is a soul in and of themselves and they've chosen to come here in this particular experience and yes help them and like you know give them guidance but they have to figure themselves out and pursue their own paths and i think names is a very uh powerful part of that on one hand on the one hand, I feel like you can have names that you think you want to call your child or, you know, favorite names, but I feel like there's got to be some level of connection once the child is here that you get an idea, oh, this is your name, this is what you want to be called. Uh, and maybe it's your favorite names are those names already like kind of behind the matrix, like being affected there. Um, when the child's spirit's already existing, it's not in a physical body yet, but it already exists somewhere out there. 
Um, so yeah, thinking about that the other day. Yeah. It's also something that I've felt with my first given name, which I love and have no, um, you know, there's still family members and people that I'm not like, I'm not like a diehard Bridget, like you call me, you know, this, there's people yeah, in the yeah, past yeah. it's still whatever. But there was definitely a different feeling when I was like, okay, this is the first given name that my parents decided for me before they even really had physically met me besides yeah. my mom while I was in her womb. But for me personally, like if I, let's say, get a dog or a new animal, I won't know their name until I really watch them act with them and watch their behaviors mm. then something kind of clicks whereas right. i recognize that a lot of names are decided before you even yeah, yeah, yeah. touch the person whereas when i was given my bam as a nickname when i was 15 it was because of the behaviors because of the energy because of the way that i showed up in the gym yeah that it fit the mold of who i yeah. was yeah. and it felt just way more like like you said, like this, there have been indigenous cultures that it's common for somebody's name to change multiple times throughout their life, depending mm. on different uh, life-changing events mm. or different uh, roles. Responsibilities that they take on. That they take on. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I think that's something that we don't really necessarily allow ourselves to think about. We just think, oh, it's like point A to point B, but really like the trajectory of our life like takes these, you know, it's more circular, it's more cycle. like. I, when I feel the name of my first given name, I feel that cycle, my youth, mm. teenage cycle. Then I feel the, the origin of BAM and, and the kind of this crucible that I had to go through and that I wanted to put myself through the, um, you know, the classic male um, rite of passage into, into that kind of thing. And, and maybe uh, at a certain time, uh, I'll want to go by something else because it, it honors the cycle that which is I think the most important it's honoring the cycle that a specific person is instead of just you are who you are and you're going to carry that from birth to grave I think um, uh, an, uh, an aspect of that is that people don't realize there are different cycles of your life and that to really like pinpoint one particular point in time say this is who I am that's always shifting your, sh your interests yeah. your tastes your responsibilities um, the people you're with, like everything, your experiences you have, the mistakes you make, you are not who you were three months ago and you know two years ago and so on and so forth. So when people experience dissonance between this is who I am at 25 years old, these are the things I like because my name is John Smith and XYZ, they experience dissonance again because that what that version of themselves they thought they had and they thought they knew and they, you know I'm happy with this and this is me, that changes and then they're like oh who am i but then behind that is there is no you to be lost you know like that whole thing is who am i i doesn't exist it's just awareness and then we code our own uh layers and layers and layers of bullshit over the top <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think when you can kind of come to those realizations and maybe start to your awareness back a little bit and start to feel that that i'm not the character inside of the game i'm the com i'm the guy on the computer watching yeah. the character being played or even yeah. more so i'm watching the guy 
controlling the computer playing yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you know you yeah, can kind of like really yeah, yeah. take it back but once you get out of the out of the computer and you realize that you can go into the settings and you can change the preferences oh, yeah. you can change how you look and you can change your name just like you do in a video game there's really no difference there's just people are afraid to say this is who i am this is what i want and this is what i like yeah um, Life is the best yeah, online role-playing game you could possibly have. <laughs> you know, like, it really, it really yeah. is. Um, and that's, it, that's what I felt. I'm like, yo, let's just go all in. Let's just change the name. Let's just like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. just do yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is to yeah. put that <laughs> Yeah, like character editor, you can change size, haircut, um, what you do for a living, anything. Um, but again, the attachment to what they think they are is what holds people back. <clears throat> great uh, so, great. so what is your yeah there we go uh I, I usually cut these just straight in so we can just continue uh yeah is that an ordering yeah i just got it maybe yeah i got mine three weeks well. ago my my oldest brother got it me for christmas um great christmas gift so, great birthday gift for anyone listening for like health and yeah. fitness person or a ring yeah uh what have you yeah. found with it uh, about like the data and the, and the feedback, what have I found? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting used to uh, seeing the data and I just started putting it on, but right. I think that it needs to kind of spend some more time yeah. with me. Um, but I, you know, I just always use it as a, a little guide. My favorite is the sleep. I love seeing the sleep. That's, the, sleep that's the only thing I really look at, to be honest. Yeah knowing how much sleep I got, the quality of sleep, and then my resting heart rate in the morning. Yeah. Those two things are like, did I get enough sleep? Was it quality sleep? Is my heart rate, my resting heart rate is up. That's those are like two big yeah. signs that I need to tighten things up. Yeah, so what do you do if your resting heart rate is too high? It's usually because you're overworked, right? Or relative to your recovery? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, like I said, just tighten it up. I'm really, um fluid and patient and understanding with myself where like I'm, I'm not gonna see like oh my goodness like i didn't get x amount of hours of sleep like i gotta mm. like get it tonight yeah, 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 yeah it's more just like information that information goes, hey 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 look remember like look your your resting heart rate's a little high today yeah we're kind of at a at a little bit of a compromised state mm -hmm. like okay we're probably a little dehydrated or, or any of those things i just kind of let it sit in the back of my awareness and slowly allow myself to kind of make changes yeah. and learn because in the past when I've been like, we got to get on this <laughs> it's very rigid and yeah. I'm like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the emotion. It's the point of information, like you said, which you can take into your perspective and analyze, okay, where do I need to get better? What do I need to switch up? But the emotional reaction to it doesn't need to happen. They're like, oh, I'm such a bad person. The shame, the fear, the any any reaction you have to these things. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Be aware that you did not do what you could have yesterday. But once it's in the past, there's literally like, people want to punish themselves over and over and over again for big mistakes that they've had in the past. Like literally everyone's done it. They've thought about a situation where they went wrong hundreds of times, hundreds of times. And all of that, like wasted thought and mental energy, because you're, oh, why didn't I just do that right? You know, that my life would be so much better. And there was this fork in the road. 
Um, but again, that's not real. Um, and obsess, okay, learn the mistake, you learn the lesson, then you go on. But literally, once it's happened to you, uh, it doesn't matter to go revisit it and dig it up and then experience those same fear emotions, cortisol, all of that kind of stuff because uh, Joe Dispenza talks about it really well. It's, it's, it's like you're going through the, the bad experience again to your body because your body doesn't recognize the difference between imagined or like thought up in your head uh, experiences or this particular physical reality and experiences we have here. Your body reacts in the same way. So cortisol, same with dopamine. If you're imagining yourself winning and just like, yeah, I'm the fucking king or whatever, that is as if you were doing it in real life and as you'd perceived as having success in real life. And that's why there's so many kind of ways you can hack that, if you will, uh, by affirmations, visualization, all of these things, which we know kind of coalesce into you know choosing your reality or creating your reality right you're very powerful people very powerful how how funny and ironic though um which is you know we have technology and like okay i'm gonna somebody says i want to get an aura ring or something to track my health and my sleep i feel like i'm not getting (laughs) good sleep and you know, they, they maybe have a bad night of sleep or whatever. Yeah. And then they check their data and they're like, no, like my sleep yeah, is yeah, bad. Like yeah, my yeah. day's going to be ruined. Yeah, and and yeah, they're creating yeah. that negative yeah. loop. Yeah. And the first initial intention was I want to be healthier. Yeah. But now that you have this data that you're using to judge against yourself. Yeah. And what is that emotional cost? What is the physical cost? Like you said, the chemical reaction, the physical cost, yeah. the cortisol yeah. that's going through your body. Because yeah. you're like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that because my resting heart rate was was like this or my sleep was off and you know we have so much information that um i've found myself really pulling back from it um limiting the amount of podcasts that i i listen to yeah uh, even the books that i'm reading and it's feeling better to kind of just try and not take so much in. yeah yeah well some some authors like niche would not even read any other authors because they wanted their writing to be completely theirs, not stealing things or like even accidental turns of phrases that you kind of like take in when you read someone else. So I think that that's a perfectly valid way. Like, yes, there's one side of I'm listening to a podcast, there'll be a bit of information in there that's going to help me. Uh, and I think that's good to a point when you're starting and all this stuff, because you're learning from people who are further ahead than you. And that's what I did. Uh, and now once you hit a certain level of spiritual awareness and maybe progress with whatever area of study that you're in, you can kind of rely more on your internal knowledge and the knowledge that comes to you from intuition and just contemplation and being by yourself and thinking about things because we all have access to that same pool of knowledge. It's out there. like, who's putting the next words in my mouth? It's not me, really. I, it's, I'm just like this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the speaker for whatever is deciding to, you know, speak through me, which is interesting to think about. Um, but everyone can tap into that once they've kind of. They don't necessarily need to be. You don't want to be studying forever. You don't want to be studying forever. I like that. Yeah. I, I recently posted something about that. Um, in the uh, movement, fitness, whatever kind of world that's a, a as things are emerging that's some what something something that some people say is i'm i'm exploring movement i'm, I'm researching my own movement and i think that's fantastic i'm always going to be you know kind of exploring here and there 
But what I said was, you know, if you start to then take up on the role of a coach or someone who is a, a thought leader, you know, at some point you stop, want to stop studying. You want to have filled up or gotten yourself to a place where your intuition, like you're talking about, your ability to tap into your critical thinking is your main skill set rather than a bunch of information that you can kind of bounce back to people. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I was saying, you know, it's really difficult and sometimes really not the uh, best when somebody is trying to do both. When somebody is trying to educate, coach and lead people, but at the same time, they're still in study and research mindset and I think it's the mindset that really can mess things up it's like yeah. a coach athlete at a couple times in my life I tried to play both roles and they're they just don't mesh because one of them is completely selfish and one of them or self-serving and one of them is selfless and serving other people so it's really difficult for your mindset to like really mm. put both of those things together yeah um so I like what you said at some point, gotta stop studying. Yeah, all of all of the best stuff comes from that. There's taking information in, analyzing that information, but then there's synthesis between what you know, what you've read, and then what else comes from other places. Like that is the unique blend of stuff, and that's what forms the voice of your information and your writing that you hopefully are, you know, sharing with the world in some way. Um, like we do and yeah that that's that's kind of fulfills a lot of that innate human creativity that I think a lot of people just don't have an outlet for like if I couldn't write man and like just think about my thoughts and put you know synthesize them a bit better that you know how fill up this head would be like (laughs) I'd be like this because it's just endless thoughts that kind of once I write them they're out of my head and it's just like chill and I think that yeah. there's more you practice that skill of being creative, whether it's creative with your movement uh, or, you know, a hobby that you do or um, writing, like I said, um, I think everyone should be doing some sort of that. Some sort of creative outlet. Yeah. yeah. I hope, I hope that it hasn't been uh, shut off for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to get your health right first because it's very hard to be creative when your brain is calcified with fluoride. <laughs> genuinely genuinely your pineal glands the seat of creativity intuition divine connection fluoride it goes in the teeth your nerves connect right of the jaw right into the brain that's why they do it through the mouth is to kind of block off that little bad boy (laughs) yeah you don't want (laughs) to it's a it's a i have a good friend and mentor in in oregon and he would speak about you know, allowing your assemblage point uh, or allowing your awareness to move into the place of the assemblage point. Uh, Don uh, Castaneda, Castaneda, Ruiz, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Understanding that we are, you know, the lo- the location of of us, whatever that is, and how it can be moved. It can be pushed forward to the front lines, like right now, or it can be moved to the back. And you have the ability to move that around. Yeah. But the the place of silent knowledge, um, which I just love this concept, is where when you reach a, a state of inner silence and, and your mind becomes quiet, so quiet that then you can tap into, mm. like you said, this 
this information or this universal intuitive knowledge that is always there and accessible to all of us. And of course, maybe people listening right now are like, like that's way too out there or <laughs> But if you think about an animal, like an animal did not go to school, like a bear did not go to bear school to learn how to be a bear, to learn how to forge food and all of these things. They're living in a different type of awareness an animalistic, so to speak, awareness that we can also tap into. And we can also tap into the most recent evolutionary one, which is great and allows for us to have this dialogue, that frontal lobe, that rational brain thinking but the place of silent knowledge is beyond that, is behind that. And behind that frontal lobe rational brain is this more pineal gland tapping into this universal knowledge that is kind of just Instinct. sitting there. Yes. And that's kind of what I also feel with taking in information from books or podcasts, that it goes right to that rational brain. And I have to like filter it. I have to let it do its thing until it can merge and like you said, kind of synchronize with the rest of everything. But if I have too much in here, um, then it kind of, I can keep, find my awareness getting stuck here. Yeah. And I don't enjoy living there. I know other people do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, this is why religious experiences uh, have like chanting and drumming and like shaking the body and things like that. It's to just, you do a repetitive chant or something um, over and over again, you do that for 15 minutes straight, you're not going to know who's there. It's just going to be your vibrating head. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing take you out of your egoic awareness and into just, what is this? I'm here, experience. When you're in that state, it's very easy to go to uh, visualization or just, um, like you said, tap into that intuitive knowledge. A really good thing to do that uh, is breath work, you know, figure out some sort of breath work cycle and do that. You know, you can get literally like full body, out of body experience tingling with a few minutes of, of deep breath work. Um, <laughs> it's it's very accessible for anyone. It's, you know, it's completely safe. And that's a very, very easy way to like, if you do feel it too in your head, literally just go sit down uh, or lie down and just breathe as deep as you can over and over again. 100%, 110% down to like 25% and then back up to 110% or whatever and do that over and over again uh, until you're just completely out of your mind and out of your, out of your head <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, in a very good way. Uh, yeah, turning it off. We, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. <clears throat> I'm glad we got to do this, man. I, um, I've seen your stuff and today, not today, yesterday was actually the first time that I had run and really felt the kind of go to principles working. And like, I just felt much more smooth and stable and powerful. And it was like, yeah, it just felt natural. Uh, so, you know, I've been looking at your stuff. I have a friend who kind of taught me the first things. Um, tell me if I'm saying these wrong. Inside, ankle bone high, uh, heel away all day. And they're the only two that I remember. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, when I was running, I was like, oh, that's how it's meant to feel. You know, yeah. it was this really cool, cool experience. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you for putting your stuff out there. And obviously you've got Goder on the wall. Um, that's your main area that you're kind of focusing on at the moment. Do you mind just giving people a spiel? Because I know you probably talk about it a lot, but I want to, 
give these principles to as many people as possible. Uh, and that was part of the reason for doing this podcast. Uh, so, you know, at a glance, what is Gota and how is it relevant today's life? Gota is a movement system. Observed and observe the way that the human body moves, and the human body moves predominantly and primarily forward through time and space on two feet. And so we looked at a large group of populations from small children and babies to high-level athletes, indigenous peoples, and elderly people, and through observing many different people and many different um, types or groups you, we saw uh, Coach Gill who was the original observer saw in slow motion especially that there was a pattern and that there was a pattern of health and that there was also a pattern of degeneration uh, the pattern of degeneration that we're seeing right now and in everyone um, or just many people having low back pain having random knees that need replacement or meniscuses that get hurt or people having random hip pain or femoral acetabulum impingement you know the, the right now the musculoskeletal system is under full-blown attack especially in the western world and we're not given answers we're not given reasons why we're just told to take pills pills mm-hmm. and surgery yeah. are are the solutions that are being provided for right now but we are actually uh you know it came from coach gill who was experiencing this firsthand in his own body that there wasn't any answers besides we're going to cut you open. Um, but why, why do you need to cut me open? Yeah, I didn't get hit yeah. by a car. I didn't, you know, nothing happened. How did this enter my life to where I'm now waking up with pain and going to bed with pain and I'm unable to do the activities that make me feel alive. Yeah. So because there were no answers that uh, any professionals could give, which kill, he took to his own uh, study and went around the world looking and te- learning from different people and trying to fix his own body and because he has this great circular mindset he was able to use slow motion video because the ipad came out and document these different you know look at the indigenous people look at the babies like how are they actually moving and when you yeah, put it yeah. in slow motion it becomes very apparent you know about the quality and the basic general pattern of movement that is seen across all humans yeah. And so, you know, we just break down that this is just a movement system. And I haven't heard any anybody else really talk about a movement system. Yeah. Um, there's a million and one different training methodologies, methods, training programs. But these are things that you engage in. You enter, you begin the training, you begin practicing the method or you're practicing the practice itself. And then you leave. This is a movement system that is a, a blanket map or paradigm that Goda is a way to, to it follows me into the restroom it follows me while I'm <laughs> through the mall it follows me into the gym it follows me while I'm climbing trees and it offers me an understanding of uh, of movement and yeah. it's it's pretty powerful because it does really solidify us as as forward locomotive beings this is who we are as humans our, our animalistic earthly form is we are forward locomotive beings. We are not designed or meant to be in a house, in chairs, wearing sneakers, and not on the move. 
there's a reason that our bodies are breaking down at an astronomical rate right now. Um, and it's just because, just like diet, before when food was changed because of technology, refrigerator, plastics, preservatives, we had the ability to choose to eat Frosted Flakes, Pop-Tarts, and Top Ramen all day if we wanted to. You know, 200 years ago, that wasn't an option. But then all of a sudden when people started getting sick and we started to say, oh, it's because we're eating foods that we're not supposed to. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well, I guess that's diet. And it took a long time for us to understand the concept that what I put in my, my mouth and my body is going to have a direct effect. It's not just hunger and not hunger type of thing. Yeah. So we're the, Yoda to me is the only, um, not only group of people that is talking about a general and global movement system. Meaning when I go and work with my grandma back home, I'm teaching her go to movement, which is the natural movement that all humans are born into and teach themselves from age zero to one or two to walk. It's this natural innate thing that we do before we know how to talk. Um, it's the same thing that I would teach a high level athlete, same thing that I would teach you. Um, so it's great because you're giving people back what it is that they are, which is a forward movement. The way that the humans move is bipedally on, on feet. And so it's, it's fantastic to have that conversation. It's fantastic to try and uh, illuminate people uh, about movement diet, that there is uh, movement environments and qualities that we can have in our body that serve our, our health and our strength, our ability to uh, stay active and healthy throughout our life. And then there are movement environments behaviors and qualities that degenerate that yeah it's so beautiful man and uh, you hit a lot of the notes that i've been feeling about it um it's personally you know i from weightlifting working at a computer too much uh and so on not stretching enough probably but you know it was eventually going to happen anyway um sciatic pain you know slight disc herniation and i'm, I'm kind of working through that but the goto movement principles have really helped um, I've, I've just spent so much time stretching and like in my own body uh, that I realized like there were whole sections of my lower back that I just I haven't been using at all um, and I think even giving it the name like lower back degrades it so much it's like oh it's just my lower back but it's really like the connection through your hips your glutes your lower back that's where everything is stabilized and you know um, that's where you move from or should move from uh, and once you kind of get further and like it's so funny i'll be unlock a new level of strength or control of the muscle in that particular area and i'll be like oh wow i didn't realize you could feel this good and have this much control over my movement and then it just you know unlocks another two percent or five percent and that's one of the beauties of mobility training is you can kind of pretty much do it like as much as you want really like because it's not very taxing on the body other than just like the mental like oh you know connecting there and maybe holding a stretch or whatever uh, I find you can, you know, you can sit down for an hour and do that. And it's so rewarding, um, even though I'm not in the gym lifting weights, although I am coming back to that now. Uh, it's it's just a different modality of training. And it taught me a little bit, like we were saying about cycles of ourselves. And there was some, some level of me that I wasn't lifting weights. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's something that I would have identified with. Uh, so you kind of have to just like, all right, it's okay. I'm, I'm not doing that at, at this point in time and I'll, I will be able to go back to it, but I've really had to look at my 
like you said, basic movement patterns, realize how they're wrong and work to correct them every day through repetition. You know, there's, if people are wondering how to, how does this all fit together, go to Bam's page, watch his videos, watch the people he kind of shares and you start to see and integrate it into your knowledge. And then when, like you said, when you're walking around at work, you just think, boom, 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 okay, how's my, how my, how are my feet operating? Uh, and then eventually it becomes a subconscious pattern. How long would you say it, it takes with people you work with really to kind of get them into that? It really is depending on the person and what mm. they've experienced. Um, How's your grandma doing? Great. You know, great. You know, the, the whole thing is like, Grammy, we just got to keep you on your feet. And I spent four years on the ambulance and there's uh, studies that, that show this. Um, but when an elderly person loses strength and specifically lower body strength, and it's susceptible to a fall and, and breaking a hip or femur, their chances of you know, passing in the hospital are like 70% plus. So yeah. legitimately at, at an old age, your number one ticket to a, a living a longer and more vital life is the strength of your legs, is the balance, is the strength of your bones, which means constantly moving, you know, walking and being able to walk. So Graham, Graham's doing great, feeling balanced, you know, feeling coordinated. That's nice. That's, you know, that's, that's what I care about, which is yeah. that people have the ability to move forward through their life despite obstacles, despite setbacks. Yes. Right now, what we're seeing is that young people, uh, young teenagers are practicing sports, small sports, you know, they're developing and they're facing catastrophic injuries, ACL tears. They're 15 years old and they're having low back pain that's keeping them from being active. And, and to me, that is really a, a definition of health, a definition of strength for me is the resiliency to move forward through your life, uh, to go forward with what you want. And one of the easiest ways to stop your forward movement is to have an injury to your musculoskeletal system yeah. or to become sick your physical body, when that becomes limited, it makes it very difficult for you figuratively and physically to move forward through life. And right now there's a lot of people that are, um, they're physically not able to move forward because of injuries that aren't so um, many that are not, not explained. They're not explained. You don't see in the wild, a tiger with a blown ACL, you know, you didn't see indigenous people, you know, uh, having the different shapes and sizes that we do now. It's, um, it's really, it's really fascinating uh, to see. Yeah, man. Well, I think that'll do us. I really appreciate your time, uh, Bam, obviously. And, you know, I'm sure we'll rip this again, but this has been the Soulcast. Thank you for joining me, my man. Appreciate you having me on. Where can people reach you? Uh, reach me on Instagram at go to Bam. That's G O A. T-A-B-A-M. Send me a message. I'll get back to you. If you're interested about the go-to movement system, which is the original system that you taught yourself how to do, uh, <laughs> they taught themselves how to walk. So I'm not giving you or, or explaining anything that you already don't know. I'm just trying to help the world and other people get back to home base, get back to yes. default settings so that they can go and do the things that they love. Uh, pain-free movers for the entire life that's our mission it's a 
beautiful mission, my man. I love it. Thanks so much again, man. Uh, I'll, I'll speak to you next time. All right, bro.